Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 66 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Jerry Higgins. Jerry is Chief Executive Officer at CIS, Community Enterprise in Scotland, and a director at the Social Value Lab, Ready for Business, Social Enterprise UK, and the Social Enterprise World Forum. In 2017, Jerry was awarded an honorary fellowship and inducted into the Social Enterprise UK Hall of Fame in recognition of his work in building a global social enterprise movement. He brings over 30 years experience in developing and running social enterprises and works with government agencies and third sector partners in the UK and internationally to develop supportive social enterprise ecosystems. His current work includes oversight of major programs to develop public sector markets for social enterprises, to build the capacity of social enterprises to create sustainable and effective businesses, and to introduce new forms of social investment to support business startup and growth. As CEO of the CIS Group, Jerry leads a team of over 50 people to deliver business support, employability services, project consultancy, social research, social investment, business finance, and event management. Jerry joined CIS in 2006, having previously worked across the UK as the founding chief executive of Social Firms UK for seven years. During this period, Jerry was a founding director of the Social Enterprise UK and worked with the DTI to draft and introduce the first UK social enterprise strategy in 2002. Jerry's interest in social change and committed to social justice and has spent over 30 years working in the social enterprise sector to assist individuals, communities, and enterprises to fulfill their potential. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Jerry's views on the current state of the social enterprise sector, both in the UK and around the world. We'll get Jerry's insights and perspectives on social innovation, and we'll hear where Jerry believes there are strong opportunities for organizations and governments to create positive social change. Jerry, thanks very much for joining us. You're very welcome. Jerry is one of the pioneers of the social enterprise sector. Could you please share a bit about your background and what led you to working in this space? Back in the 1980s, um, I was working in the UK in disability services, looking at establishing enterprises and leading on employment ventures to create better futures for with people with disabilities mm. and became aware through conversations with colleagues in Northern Ireland, in Italy, Germany, um, that there was a, the beginnings of a social enterprise movement 
my first recollection of using the social enterprise term was 1988, mm-hmm. um, which makes me, first of all, very old. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, uh, in Italy, there were, it was called social cooperatives. In Germany, it was called integration firms. Yep. Uh, so um, my first recollection, uh, recollection of, of talking about the same thing using similar terminology comes from the late 80s. Mm. And my, my focus then was uh, ensuring that people with disabilities had better choice yep. and better options and better futures. So um, when we had a lot in common with, with others working on similar uh, initiatives in, in other countries, and that's when we began sharing uh, information and best practice and encouraging each other and, and beginning dialogue with policymakers. It was in, in, the, in, in the late 1980s. But at that time, Things like dialogue with policymakers, um, that was a decade of kicking on the door, um, mm. with the door being shut, with nobody being particularly interested. And that's why I can, I can reflect now on the quite rich policy environment that, we, that, that exists in many countries around the world and reflect on the, the, the change that has, that has happened um, uh, over the last 30 years. Mm. Well, it's certainly been a really, really interesting journey, that's for sure. So, Jerry, as CEO of Community Enterprise in Scotland, what sort of projects are you involved with and how does the organisation support the social enterprise ecosystem? CIS is, is probably quite an unusual organisation in that we, we work directly with social enterprises, many hundreds a year, improving their capacity to and deliver their mission and mm. whether that's serving communities or individuals um, uh, there's social and environmental value created um, uh, by the work that we're doing so we've got the biggest team of business advisors supporting social enterprises um, uh, in Scotland um, but we work on, on a, a national contract where we're leading a consortium uh, involving nine other organizations so ten of us in total and if you're a social enterprise in Scotland and you need to do a new business plan, a feasibility study, um, an ideation session, a marketing strategy, you can get free to access business support for four to six days by an experienced social enterprise business advisor, so a qualified business advisor who works, in our case, exclusively with social enterprises. And that's funded through a government contract that we secured. And we're on the third iteration of the contract just now. We secure that against um, private sector competition um, uh, with our consortium, which has held together now for over six years uh, uh, to, to deliver that program. Mm. So that's one of our main projects. And it gives us um, the frontline involvement with social enterprise, understanding of the issues, the pressures, the changes, the changing dynamics, yeah. um, and um, that's one of the one of our main areas. We also work with public sector agencies on procurement and commissioning, um, helping them to get better at their third sector and social enterprise um, supply chains and looking at opportunities where instead of contracts going out in large bundles to large commercial organizations there might be opportunities to create more local value and more social value and um, by putting it out in a, in a different way and uh, by targeting um, social enterprises that are effectively working on government aims supporting people who have uh, who, ha- who have disadvantages and challenges so as an organization we primarily win our business through tendering yep 
um, for, for contracts like the, the, the two that I mentioned. Um, and we supplement that with our own income generation through things like event management uh, and uh, work on, 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 on our, our range of non-social enterprise related contracts. Part of our organization does microfinance as well. Uh, and that's a bit distinct, but again, it gives us a great handle on the drivers in the Scottish economy when, when mm. we're meeting social enterprises and other small businesses and sole traders who are in areas of disadvantage, um, who have been declined um, their startup funding or their their working capital by banks, and we, we step in to uh, to assist. So that's some of the stuff that, that CIS is involved in, um, supporting the social enterprise ecosystem. And I guess that gives us a currency that we can speak to our partners in government, um, uh, not as a an external consultant, but as an agency that's working um, directly with frontline organisations, uh, and and we're able to bring that experience to the policy making table. Yep. Um, so we've been involved with our government over quite a few years now um, on co-producing national strategy. Uh, on co-producing a vision for the social enterprise sector. Um, so um, I think our, our, our work with frontline social enterprises um, uh, gives us the, the skills and experience we need uh, to be at the policy table as well. Mm, most certainly. There's certainly some really supportive services there. So in your work as founding director of Social Enterprise UK, you worked with the DTI to draft and introduce the first UK social enterprise strategy in 2002. So how have you seen the social enterprise sector transform since drafting that strategy? And where do you see it heading, Jerry? Yeah, I should clarify that there was about 20 people working with the DTI at the time. Yep. Um, uh, the entire board of, of um, what's now Social Enterprise UK, which was the Social Enterprise Coalition then. And I, I was um, yeah, certainly one of the folk responsible for that. And for me, that was a breakthrough moment. You know, it was the first social enterprise strategy that we had seen. It set out an ambition for the sector, it set out priorities. And I could see that in the years that followed, Actually, having a strategy is is huge. It it, it legitimizes government participation. Uh, that trickles down to regional and to local governments, and uh, you know the, the existence of a national strategy um, uh, can be a really powerful accelerator. Mm. Um, some of that depends on what accompanies the strategy. And you know we can see today in Scotland that there's a ten-year strategy for social enterprise. There's a three-year action plan. And pretty well everything that happens is related to the priorities of the strategy and the action set out in the action plan. And so we've gone from the first UK strategy, which had some broad priorities, um, uh, which was delivered on in the decade that followed, to now uh, a pretty coherent um, strategy that doesn't just sit within um, the third sector division, which is our, uh, our Scottish government department that, that handles um, social enterprise, but is truly um, a cross-department. There, mm-hmm. In our context in Scotland and the UK, there isn't a single senior official in a government department that isn't aware of social enterprise. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, is, it is cross-cutting in areas like health and social care, and um, uh, even true to international division, where we're, we're speaking about uh, an international strategy for the country also yeah. embracing social enterprise. And our current um, trade and investment strategy in, co- in Scotland does actually reference the, uh, the, the work that social enterprises um, are, are doing in this area. Mm. So 
it'd been quite a transformation. I mentioned, you know, a decade of kicking on the door. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, the door is very firmly open and uh, we're in and out as required. And for frontline social enterprises, it means that there's support available, like the business support uh, initiative that I mentioned. There's yeah. greater levels of um, access to social investment of various um, types and sizes. It means that instead of a tender being put in the bin because the organization tendering uh, is a company limited by guarantee with charitable status, and um, it's now more likely to be shortlisted because it's a social enterprises, a social enterprise rather than ignored. So there's a whole range of ways um, that, that over a number of decades um, uh, that, that social enterprises have been uh, advantaged by the work that's happened in the policy environment. Mm, fantastic. So from that, I believe there are many lessons that other nations can learn from the UK government's approach to social enterprise. So what do you think those key key lessons would be? Um, this is a, a hard one because uh, I never view our position as one where we should preach or teach. Yeah. Um, it's really all about um, sharing experiences with, with, with others and in doing so, recognizing that we gain hugely um, when we're on a similar trajectory with other organizations. I'll give you an example. Um, uh, with the head of our third sector division um, and equalities in, in, in Scotland, yeah. uh, I went to Canada last year and we, we did um, a, a two-way exchange with Canadian um, government, including ministers, officials, and social enterprise sector leaders in the policy environment. Mm. And there's now a federal initiative um, in, in, in Canada boosting the, the, the social enterprise sector, looking at strategy and policy. Um, and we have a very close um, collaboration um, and we're, we're working on similar themes like procurement and social investment. And I guess one of the things that has emerged in recent years is the concept of a social enterprise ecosystem. And one of our key learning points in Scotland is that if the sector works with government um, uh, to promote and support social enterprise, if the focus is narrow, um, it really is ineffectual. Mm. Um, so to, to do it through establishing a social innovation fund um, is not as effective as having uh, um, a decent ecosystem because you know your social innovation fund will be certainly um, used more effectively yep. if it's accompanied by some capacity building and business support. And if organizations are having their capacity supported and are, you know, are, are looking to expand and create um, more social impact, mm. um, then <clears throat> that's probably assisted if there's a procurement initiative that helps with their access to contracts yep. or if new social entrepreneurs coming onto the space are supported with professional advice and, and, and signposted to, uh, to, to where to go to for, for support. So if it's, a, if it's a narrow range of initiatives, there's almost certainly going to be lots of wastage. Um, uh, whereas we see countries now, um, uh, um, Canada, Taiwan, uh, and others that we're working with um, that are using the ecosystem terminology and recognize that the, the, the best thing is to, is, is to work broadly to make sure that people coming into the sector are supported, that organizations already in there um, are, are, are also supported to grow, and that the policy takes account of, um, uh, of the various interrelated um, uh, dynamics between policy and practice. Mm. 
There's certainly some really interesting takeaways there. And as founder and director of the Social Enterprise World Forum, which this year will be held in Edinburgh, it's going to be a really exciting opportunity for participants to have a look at what's happening within that Scottish ecosystem and to have some fantastic conversations. So, Jerry, what are you most looking forward to about the forum and what can participants expect? Okay, participants can expect a, a most amazing week where the forum proper um, will be two and a half days, but we'll have study visits an academic symposium, a rural symposium, uh, uh, an environmental symposium, which will be action-focused on uh, on ensuring organisations collaborate before, during and after uh, the week of the forum, mm. looking to move from knowing a lot of others around the world who are working in similar space to actually establishing uh, quite a few practical um, initiatives and collaborations that using technology uh, will continue to have value um, uh, um, after the forum. Um, we're looking to establish a, a vision for social enterprise um, for the next decade. Um, so it's a 10th anniversary, so we'll reflect a little on what's happened, but also we'll, we'll work with participants um, around the world to look at what, what should our ambitions be for social enterprise for 10 years' time. Um, and the world is dealing with big economic issues. We've mm -hmm. seen a huge increase in interest in social enterprise, much of that from people switching from other sectors, much of it from young people who decide that they want a career with purpose. Yep. So we have a bit of a challenge in social enterprise, um, stepping up and meeting those expectations. And I, I don't think it's effective to do that if we're not coordinated on a vision and some priorities. And I'd like to be able to articulate those much more clearly after the forum um, than I can do just now. Mm. Um, we're also going to recognize during the forum that it's not all sweetness and light. It's not all homogenous. It's not brilliant everywhere. And we're deliberately constructing sessions which will allow people to embrace differences which will embrace conflict, which will recognise that in some countries and continents you can't have social enterprises that have uh, non-profit distributing structures. If you do, they're prevented from trading. Mm. Um, uh, in other countries, there's tax-efficient non-profit distributing legal structures that makes it easy to be a non-profit and a social enterprise and, and tax-efficient. Um, so we've never arrived at a homogenous definition for social enterprise globally uh, because we're dealing with different economic systems. And yeah. we're just going to, you know, um, not avoid that, but just recognize it and, and deal with some of the some of the issues and challenges um, that, that, uh, that social enterprises and policymakers face. And we're also going to look at the opportunity to use this forum to make a breakthrough in the awareness of social enterprise um, uh, in the UK and globally. Some people describe it as, you know, best kept secret, um, although awareness of social enterprise has risen steadily over recent years. Um, many folk outside of the movement globally um, are still not quite sure or completely unaware of. And our program will feature some sessions and some speakers and some activities that we believe will get some mainstream media um, interested because it's concurrent with 
a lot of global turmoil and and the old solutions uh, being replaced by, in many cases, a more collaborative economy and greater community participation and ownership. Mm. So um, we have some big ambitions for the forum this year, and um, it's going to work for people at all levels. If you're um, a social enterprise leader interested in growing and expanding, and um, uh, um, as well as social enterprise practitioners who want to come for professional development reason, uh, reasons, because there'll be a professional development track running throughout um, so we hope that we'll have something for everybody fantastic well it sounds like it's going to be a really exciting event so jerry having worked with hundreds of different social entrepreneurs what do you believe are the fundamental ingredients of successful social entrepreneurs uh, what would i know <laughs> I, i'm the, the successful social or the social entrepreneurs that that we see wherever they are, are in the world um first of all start out with the passion yep for social change and those that go and take that passion and convert it into something um that produces immense social value have the the the, the skills to network with others um, uh, to influence others, to bring a team with them, yep. um, and um, also to recognise when it's time to step away. Um, mm. uh, many social entrepreneurs uh, will be very creative; they'll be innovators, and, and their skill sets are in the creation um, of the social enterprise. And in some cases, they move on to the next big idea, having created a, an infrastructure uh, which can continue to grow and develop. Um, and deal with the operational excellence that ventures um, enterprises need uh, mm. once they're up and established. And, yep. and uh, in terms of my own skill set, I often reflect on what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. Uh, and um, I think others do as well. And they recognize that in some cases it is the, the innovation and the creativity and don't stay on as the founder and, and don't stay on to run it because operationally um, uh, that's not the skill set. Move on and take a step to, to the, the, the next big thing. Yep. And I think for many people just recognizing where, where their skills are and when it's time to move on and um, what what's a, a sustainable infrastructure to leave behind. It's, that's, that's one of the key things. But we've got some amazing social enterprise leaders around the world. And one of the things that we're doing this year at the forum is we're, we're deliberately putting the best of social enterprise leaders who have the potential to inspire and motivate and, and change behaviours um, uh, on main stage um, where we, we, we don't need to go to the commercial sector or others for, for inspiration. We've got incredible talent um, uh, within the social enterprise sector from business founders who have um, made you know huge um, uh, huge strides in, in, in some of the social value and social change they've created. Yeah, fantastic. Well, you mentioned some really, really great insights there on successful social entrepreneurs. So are there any common reasons that you see social enterprises fail, Jerry? There are. We're, we're, we're very, as part of our business support service that we that I've mentioned previously, that, that's, that's Scotland-wide, uh, we also have a business recovery service. And our greatest wish in that business recovery service is that people will come to us sooner mm. than they do. Very often we get a call when there's two months cash left in the bank or worse. Yeah. And the options available then are are not as 
uh, as comprehensive as they might be if somebody recognises, look, we are about to lose or we've just lost a contract and it's going to hit us six to nine months down the road. Yeah. Um, and let's let's talk now about how to restructure um, uh, or change um, the organisation to make sure that the organisation itself isn't imperiled. And we've often reflected on whether the stuff that's around social enterprise is partly to blame. Uh, if you know, there's lots of award ceremonies. There's uh, there's been a number of instances where social enterprises in one month have received um, awards for their social impact, and the following months they've closed because of their cash flow. Mm. So uh, it, it it can be hard, I guess, to have pretty constant positive feedback from a whole range of people within and outside of your business about the work that you're doing, how valuable it is for communities. And then to admit to yourself and to share with your board and stakeholders and colleagues and and to engage external experts saying, you know, for all of that, this is great. Um, the underlying fundamentals um, are, are, are not sound at this point yeah. and we need um, assistance uh, to address that. So I, I would say that for me, that's one of the frustrations that, that, that um, many social enterprises don't seek that assistance early enough and it's a combination of organisation or individual pride yep. and assistance in doing that and therefore we see some crashes uh, when when there's some very sad and often high profile cases of closure that could actually have been averted um, if there was more mature discussion uh, mm. earlier and that for me stands out rather than um, sort of individual issues around um, particular businesses yeah. not grasping the, the winds of change in a particular sector because uh, all of the other reasons are simply, you know, individual circumstances related to either macro or micro economy yeah. or leadership issues or challenges or operational issues or systems issues. Yeah, fantastic. Well, you've mentioned cash flow in there. So talking about a little bit about investment, how do you think social enterprises might best approach getting investment if that's needed in order to scale their impact? We have a very cautious approach to this. I'm aware you spoke to Alistair Davis at Social yep. Investment Scotland, and they're one of the agencies that has has put a very significant amount of resource by way of, of loan finance out to social enterprises who who wish to to, to scale. And when we work with organisations, we encourage them to consider the what it is that they they want to achieve, yep. um, and work on preparing professionally. Um, uh, for investment, just recognizing that many have emerged from traditional third sector where the resource was often a grant funded resource and uh, that there's a completely different um, set of drivers when you're presenting uh, a case for for social investment mm. and we, we've often run courses on you know assisting organizations to become investment ready yep. and just recognizing that there's there's a fundamental difference in in, in presenting a case um uh, for for social investment of, of whatever type and we're fortunate in in the uk that there's a a reasonable supply of, of, of social investment um, so we encourage organizations to to take professional advice on that to recognize there's a difference between what they might have done in the past uh, um, which is a lot of um, subjective and, um, uh, and maybe case study stuff and there's, there's a real importance in, in having uh, really rock-solid financials as well as having 
in some cases, it's a culture change for the organization. You know, the, 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 mm. the leadership team and the board of directors need to be happy um, that going into a commercial finance environment is absolutely the right thing to do uh, for the organization. And sometimes yeah. that requires uh, work um, as, a, as a senior team uh, to make sure that the issues, the direction, the consequences and the opportunities are, are equally understood. Um, so that people can take that step into into a, a social investment world, yeah. which, if it goes wrong, can leave you with debt that you're 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 obliged to to repay, and and, and can be a, a real struggle for organisations. Mm. I think that's some some great insights there. So, Jerry, you are surrounded by a range of really exciting and inspiring social enterprises. So, what inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently, which you believe are creating some fantastic positive social change? This is where I wish I had had a couple of weeks to do some preparation and thinking about this, because literally there are there 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 are many. Um, I'm going to mention one that people will see in Scotland if they come to us in uh, September, which is Homes for Good, mm. um, which is an example of a social enterprise leader who, after a decade of leading an organization working with young people, um, stepped away to leave that leadership to others to establish a, a brave new venture, recognizing that in our particular market in Scotland, um, we have um, a real problem with the service people who are on low incomes get from private landlords. Mm. Um, and very often the the interaction and the, the treatment of, of individuals who are on low income, who have income support, for instance, where where it's um, social security is going to be um, uh, paying for, for all or some of the rent. Um, we have a, a real challenge with, um, uh, with that. And uh, Susan Actimel, the founder of Homes for Good, um, a number of years ago stepped out of uh, her, her, her previous role and set up the first social enterprise letting agency and that treats people with dignity it has the first ever tenancy support officer looking at the support challenges um, of, of, of tenants including everything from um, uh, well-being to mental health mm -hmm. to make sure that people have the support they need to stay in their property to remain healthy to be socially included um, and and um, uh, it's light years away from the service that people usually get from from private landlords mm -hmm. and this company has has expanded, um, has been ambitious in the social investment uh, market, has secured um, many millions of pounds of investment to expand the property portfolio. So it boats, rents houses that are owned by others, private landlords, and, and acts as the letting agent. And it's also purchased and refurbished houses and lets them themselves. So it's, it's bringing that vision for um, recognizing that as a society, we have a problem and coming up with the business model that uh, would address the problem, stepping away from comfortable leadership role and going into, I have no idea where my salary is going to come from next month, yep. into pitching to hard-assed social investors um, down in London, um, securing the investment package and, and taking that forward. And, you know, we're, we're fortunate in Scotland that there are 
a wide range of initiatives um, uh, that, uh, and, and social enterprises that are that are in that space, as there are across the UK, with some outstanding practice. But it, it's not just here; it's happening all over the world. And one of the advantages of, of and exciting things for for us with World Forum this year is we're going to be able to showcase a lot of these, and and um, and, and and I'm certain that that will go on to inspire and motivate others. Yeah, I'm certain as well. So that's a great and inspiring initiative there, Jerry. So to finish off, which books would you recommend to our listeners? Um, I really wanted to body swerve this question because uh, my work life is 60 hours a week, typically doing stuff that I have to do and doing stuff that I really, really enjoy. Mm. Uh, and um, my my reading other than holiday periods where I often read sporting biographies, uh, rugby is my passion. Yeah. So right now I'm reading a, a, a book by Paul O'Connell, the Irish rugby captain. But I actually, I do a whole lot of stuff on podcasts uh, rather than reading. And uh, I listen to Pod Save America, uh, Love It or Leave It, yeah. um, and a whole range of human interests um, podcasts. That, that fill my day, as well as reading then political journals, and and you know I, I my morning starts by reading Huffington Post and Political and The Guardian. Yeah. Uh, um, so I'm not going to compete. I've listened to the other podcasts and I've seen some of the the, the very sound recommendations from others, and I'm just going to say I'm not even going to try and compete with that because <laughs> uh, uh, that's not me at this at this particular moment in time. Fantastic, Jerry. You've been extremely generous with your time and your insights today. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and we'll most certainly look forward to meeting you, uh, touching base in person in Edinburgh later in the year and following your journey as it progresses into the future. Tom, it's been a pleasure. Um, Thank you very much and look forward to seeing you in September. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.